time. It is this time for the show's on podcast. You know who I am and what I do. Rob Shaw, a.k.a. The Pod God, a.k.a. Mary Potter. We got some shit to get into. I got mailbag questions. We have giant events from the world of sports since we last talked. So, one-man band today, monologue poppy, whatever you want to call me, but... Let's get down to business. <sighs> Biggest story in the NBA right now is Draymond Green is a part-time boxer or MMA fighter. I, I, I don't even know what he 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 might punch better. He throws a better punch than he shoots a three-pointer. I'll tell you that. So last week, Thursday... Rumors surfaced that there was an altercation that got physical between Draymond Green and Jordan Poole. Um, Chris Haynes, uh, and I, I like Chris Haynes, especially because like he's a black guy in the national media space. But he had two sort of tweets that came off a little corny, especially once the video hits the surface. The first one is, yo around the team the Warriors think um Jordan Poole is smelling himself too much like like he's feeling himself he's too cocky now um Pat Riley refers to it as the disease of me or the disease of more like once you win a championship everybody wants more they want more money they want more endorsements they want more shots more playing time so Chris Haynes tweets that that's how the Warriors feel and it felt like as soon as Chris Haynes hit the send button on that tweet, Andre Iguodala was like, that's bullshit. You're not going to do my young man's like that. Like, that's my young bull. We love him here. I don't know where you're getting this from. And then even Steph came out and was like, yeah, B, what, what, what are we talking about here? This, this is just untrue. And then the second one is how Haynes downplayed what happened between Draymond and Poole. Um, it was a small altercation, um, not that big of a deal. No, Draymond Green UFC punched his teammate. So for those that haven't seen the video, you can just look it up, but I'll break it down relatively quickly. They're at practice. Uh, Poole and Draymond are both off on the sideline. Uh, Poole is almost underneath the basket, and Draymond is on the far wing and i don't know what was said but they were they something was said and then draymond comes over and he's like talking to pool and pool it looks like he's like sort of engaging but like also not making direct eye contact sort of doing the all right whatever bro yeah like draymond says something and pool might say something back but like not really engaging and then draymond comes and gets nose to nose with him now, I've told you guys before, there are certain things you can't say to another man without expecting Mary Fistmas. And I don't know if Jordan Poole uttered those magic words. And for the most part, those magic words are calling another man a bitch. But the big one is inviting another man to your private part. Telling another man to suck your dick is a very quick way for things to escalate very quickly. And I don't know if Jordan Poole said that, but I'm telling you that like that, that'll do it. But from what it looks like to me is Draymond is the aggressor. He comes and puts his face chest to chest, like nose to nose, forehead to forehead with Jordan Poole. And Jordan Poole pushes him off. And like the normal reaction to that is normally it's like a shoving match and everybody gets in between them. Nah, Draymond hauled off with what can only be described as a falcon punch directly to Jordan Poole and the video cuts off but I'd assume Jordan Poole went night night like his legs buckled like there was a lot of impact on that and I've seen some things on Twitter or listening to other people's pods where they're saying well, like once you push somebody, you you might you should expect violence. And that's nor and I'm normally all for that when it feels like 
the tension is building and both parties want that. So when they get nose to nose, if Jordan Poole had been aggressively talking in the video I saw, or if when Draymond started coming towards Poole, if Poole had walked towards Draymond, like met him, like, hey, uh, whatever you want to do, I'm here for, like intercepted Draymond, like you don't have to come all the way over to me, I'll come to you. Then once Jordan Poole pushes Draymond, that's fine because Jordan Poole is part of the initial aggression to me. Like if he walks towards Draymond and they meet and go nose to nose, that's one thing. But Draymond sought him out, came into his space and put their heads together. Like, dog, get the fuck off me. Like Jordan Poole had every right to, and it's not a hard shove. It's just a, yo, I need, give me my space. Stop disrespecting me because that's what Draymond's doing. This is an ultimate sign of disrespect. I'm in your face. We're nose to nose. I'm talking shit. And I came to you. I sought you out, bro. You, you might've been talking, but like you were over here and I came and physically got in your area. And then like, just the escalation of it, because it wasn't one of my group chats. My boy, Harry said that uh, you would assume that Draymond wanted to get that shit off with him for a while. And that makes sense because like just the, Unless Jordan Poole said magic words, like, and those are magic words for me, and I'm speaking sort of in general when I say SMD is a magic word for fighting. There might be other words that are triggers for other people. So maybe Poole said something super egregious. Um, Zach Lowe theorized that maybe Jordan Poole, because he, like your teammates, you know how to push your partner's buttons. You know how to push your man's buttons. Maybe Jordan Poole said, look, they're going to pay me, not you. Get over it. And that might have been enough. But whatever happened, like, Jordan Poole didn't even mush him. Like, it's not even like Jordan Poole went high with his hands and touched Draymond's face on the push. Because, like, even that is a tad more aggressive. Like, it was literally, dog, you're in my space. And my perception of it was there was, to me, I... I, I wish I had Yosha on here because Yosha normally gives me pushback when he disagrees. So I would love to hear his thoughts. But to me, if Jordan Poole would have backed up, because like there is the school of thought that, oh, you could just walk away. One, Jordan Poole's emotions are probably high. But two, you can't walk away from a bully like that. Like if Draymond gets in Jordan Poole's face and Jordan Poole just steps back, Draymond's just going to step forward. You know what I mean? And if you turn your back and run away or walk away, one, it can be perceived as running away. And now in Draymond's mind, you're my bitch. Like I, I forced you to run away from me. And also walking away from Draymond may not have been the best solution because he was clearly at a higher point of anger than everybody else. Turning your back to him, one, turning your back to somebody is disrespectful, but two, I don't know if I'm ruling out Draymond hits Jordan Poole if Jordan Poole just like is like, yo, fuck you and turns his back to him. I'm not ruling out a Draymond Green punch there either because he's a little wild. And and I shouldn't even use the modifier a little. He's just wild. Like he's caught he cost them the 2016 championship, more than likely with his suspension. He's just I don't know if I, if I was Jordan Poole, I couldn't get back to friendship, teammates. I couldn't come back from that for a bunch of reasons. One, you Superman punched me. Two, it's one thing like when the media knows about it, like when the story came out on Thursday, altercation between Jordan Poole, Draymond Green, Draymond Green is the aggressor. Chris Haynes has the tweet, it's not that bad. Um, the Warriors are like, we're going to handle this internally. There are, like, reports that the teammates were like, yo, Draymond went too far. But overall, without the video, we don't know how terrible it is. So then the video comes out, and now Jordan Poole's got a 
my phone blew up with mad group chats and text messages. And that's because people know I love basketball. I can't imagine what Jordan Poole's phone looked like when the video surfaced of him getting his fucking biscuit buttered. Like, and you know how the internet gives it up. They, oh, they was doing the teacher man had a squabble memes. And like, it's bad because like, it's one thing if like Jordan Poole got to square up and like he wanted to get his shit off too. Cause like when NBA guys say, oh, fights happen all the time in practice. I think that's what's being referred to. Me and you get tangled up and we're mad at each other and we square up and we grab each other and maybe we do swing fists and they break us up. I do think that that happens fairly frequently, especially um, in competitive sport when everybody's going after it. This felt different. This felt like one guy is clearly the aggressor and another guy just takes a shot that could have derailed his season. Like it's, it's super fortunate that Jordan Poole didn't get his orbital bone fractured or his jaw fractured. And it's not like this is unprecedented. We have Bobby Portis knocked uh, Nikola Miritich into the ozone and did break his orbital jaw. And that was bad. And imagine if we got the footage of that. So, like, from if I'm Jordan Poole, I don't think I can get back to me and Draymond are cool. Like, because one, when you get hit like that, you're heated. Like, he, he already told, all, he already said to all his boys, yo, Draymond sucker punched me. Fuck him. Not like, now, if I want to be his teammate or get through this, we got to backtrack it. Or in the back of my mind, I, like... I can't say what I, he can't feel comfortable around Draymond right now. Like this nigga punched me in my face and the whole world saw it. So that video came out at nine something. It felt like by nine 30, when I was clicking on it, it said 1.4 million views. And that was where I was looking at it at. That doesn't mean that doesn't count for the people that quote tweeted it or the people that watched it on YouTube or Facebook. That was just that one tweet I was looking at. I, I don't think we could get back to that. It's. I've been punched in the face by people. Um, and in some, in some instances, we weren't able to get it back. But like, I guess the difference here is that I've been punched in the face by friends, like people I'm close with, and we've fought. But that's fighting. That's both of us angry. And like, I felt like both of us got to get our shit off. So we got our shit off. And then we were able to get back to cool because maybe we needed to have that out. This didn't feel like that. And I know I'm probably repeating myself, but this felt like one dude really upset with the other dude. And the other dude like might've been upset too, but also was more in control and wasn't, he, he wasn't as angry and he just wasn't backing down. Like, there's a difference between me and you want to fight. Like, we're both at that place. And I want to fight. And you're just not going to allow me to bully you and chump you. And this felt a lot more like Draymond wanted to fight. And Jordan Poole was like, look, you just can't treat me like a bitch, dog. Like, I'm not here. We're still grown men at the end of the day. And I don't think I could get back to going into the trenches and being like, this This supposed to be my man's. Or this is our team enforcer when some shit goes wrong. Like when a star player takes a hit, this is who's supposed to go solve it. On Jordan Poole's mind, I'm sure he's working up to, I'm almost the star player. The enforcer's supposed to have my back. The enforcer not supposed to crack my fucking muffin for millions of people to watch. Um, I don't know. I'll talk about it because it was a topic of conversation. Richard Jefferson... Uh, former NBA player, now ESPN pundit said, yo, fire the whole video staff. And my thought process here, like, because who leaked this video? The video 110% looks like it came from, like, an official camera. It's not a cell phone. The video gives a vibe of 
the Warriors practice arena has video cameras so they can record practice. And somebody clipped this and sent it to TMZ. And so there's a bunch of fun things here that we'll go through. First, was it money? My initial thought was, yo, these guys don't, like these interns don't make a ton of money. Would If they make 30,000, would 3,000 sway them? Or would 10,000 sway them? Because now we're talking about four months salary. If you make 30,000 and TMZ offers you 10, you make, that. that's four months of your salary right there. Yosh gave some pushback like, if you're one of those video coordinator guys, you love basketball and is $10,000 worth the risk because you're with the premier organization in the NBA and the goal is probably to move up in the ranks. If they find this out, you're fired. And that's very true. But also, I'm a little bit older than Yosh. I've had some different life experiences. I've been broke and I know... I know how hard it is to live on $30,000 and now somebody I can't imagine in it, there's definitely been times in my life where I was making X amount of money and $10,000 I would have jumped on it. Like yes, the risk of losing the job is there, but $30,000 isn't a lot of money. So if you're not in love with what you're doing or you don't really fully believe you can move up or maybe you're taking this video coordinator job because you're good at audio video, but you don't really want to work in basketball. You want to work in film. Yes, this is probably a burn on your resume if you get caught. But at the same time, we've seen people bounce back from way worse. And this was with my number at 10,000. I'm seeing things. No, my number was at three. I'm seeing some people saying 10. I'm seeing others saying that like it could have been two or three years this person's salary because they know how big this video will be for TMZ. Um, I was listening to the Mismatch podcast and they had a guest on and that guest said he dated somebody from a woman who worked at TMZ and the the initial offer is 10000 when there's a video like that. So I was already low and this Draymond video is a big story and I know it's a big story when like my mom sends me stuff about it. So it's a big story. So I think my $10,000 number is way too low. So maybe it's, it could have been this person's salary. So that's one school of thought. Another school of thought is what if the Warriors leak this because they're in contract negotiations with Draymond and Draymond probably thinks he's going to get the Supermax. God, I would not want to be the one in charge of paying him the Supermax. Like, I get what he means for the Warriors. But, like, I just think... And I'm not I'm not Mr. Numbers. Like, you guys know I love to make fun of the mathletes. The dudes who like math skipball. But sometimes, statistically, I'm just going to want more out of Draymond for... If I'm paying him the Supermax, I'm going to need a little bit more statistically. So what if the Warriors leaked it as a, as a chance to gain leverage against Draymond at the negotiating table? These are all super interesting theories. I, I said I couldn't get back to me and Draymond are cool if I was Jordan Poole. And I say that and I mean that. But also, if I'm the Warriors, I don't think that I want to trade either of them. But it's it's a really difficult place. I hope that Draymond speaks on it on his podcast. I know if I'm the Warriors, I'm begging him to not speak on it on his podcast. It's Saturday afternoon. He did release a statement saying that he's going to take some time away from the team and some other shit, but I I don't really know. First of all, Draymond saying he's taking time away from the team is one of those things where the Warriors are, they're, they're essentially ducking the smoke here. Like instead of, like they made their statement already and they didn't, I don't think they've made a second one since the video came out, but they just, 
oh, Draymond's going to take some time away from the team. It was his decision. That's, it's a cop-out is what it is. Like, let's just call the spade a spade. It's a cop-out. Like, the Warriors aren't taking any action. And if I'm Jordan Poole, I might feel a type of way about that. And I'm sure him and Draymond have spoke. But I, we might need a celebrity boxing match if I'm Jordan Poole. Like, I'm trying to spitball, like, realistic ideas that could make me be able to be cool with this guy. Because I really do think, like, first and foremost... Me and this nigga got a fucking fight. Like, I want, I want my, and like, I know as a sports organization, you don't want your players fighting, sanctioned, unsanctioned. You don't want it. Jalen Rose always says um, he doesn't fight. He didn't fight people when he was in the league because his hands are his tools. He's like a painter. You can't mess up your brushes if you're a painter. So like, you don't want them fighting. But like, I think if I'm Jordan Poole, I got to get my get back. Fuck it, I'm going to tell a story, and I wasn't going to tell it. So one time I was playing basketball. I won't use any names, but I was playing basketball at a local gym. Me and a co-worker had had a disagreement on Saturday. We both worked at this gym, and we had a disagreement about some of the kids we worked with. I was coaching a team. He was refing the game. He felt I said something disrespectful. I felt he had been disrespectful to one of my players. Like I felt as an adult, we're dealing with teenagers. There was a way to handle this situation. And I disagreed with them. Guys, it's me. Y'all know I love to talk. I want to talk for a living. That's what I went to school for. Sometimes I talk too much. This friend or this coworker was a boxer. And... He wasn't quite over what was said Saturday. We were hooping Monday. And you you ever know that, like, what a, today's issue isn't the real issue? Like, we were hooping, and he might have been mad at me. Like, he found something to be mad at me at on Monday. But, like, anybody with, like, a cognizant brain knew he was still mad about Saturday and was just looking for a chance to get his shit off. So... We're hooping, whatever, he's mad. And now it's the end of the day, or it's the end of the session. And like, I'm sitting and he's sitting and he's doing, he's, he's talking and he's still mad and he's talking aggressively to me. And like, I'm, I'm very much Jordan Poole in this situation. Like I'm not backing down, but I'm not nearly as aggressive as him. And, but he's talking crazy to me. And like, at some point as a person, as a man, as a human being, like, you do want to defend yourself because, yo, I, I have feelings. I feel a type of way. You're disrespecting me in front of a large group. So I'm like, yo, shut up. Guess who got their motherfucking biscuit buttered that day? Yep, he red lobstered me, walked right over and punched me with the fucking fastest right hand I've ever seen. It was just so fast. Like, I don't even know if I can call it the fastest right hand I've ever seen because I don't honestly know I saw it. I felt it. I felt it. And he caught me lovely. And like I said, he boxed. And like, just, just keeping it a buck. Like, I knew his fighting background. Didn't really want to fight him to begin with. But also, all right, now he just punched me in my face. So, like, everybody separates us. And, like, thank God they separate us. Because, like, yes, I was going to try and fight him. Yes, I know I was going to lose. But... Like, you punched me in my face. But, like, now I work with this dude. And now the next day, like, I got to come into work like, this nigga punched me in my face. Now, now Jordan Poole's in the same predicament. My reaction? I came into work the next day with a baseball bat. I came into work the next day with aluminum baseball bat. And I wanted to see what time it was. That's a true story. So when I tell you that I think if Jordan, if I was Jordan Poole and Draymond Green punched me in my face, I couldn't get back. That's just my life experience. And on top of that, I was embarrassed at the 12 people that saw it in that gym. Millions of people didn't see me get my shit rocked. Nobody talked about me getting my biscuit buttered on first take in Sports Center. My mom didn't watch me get my shit rocked. My girl didn't see me get my shit rocked. 
You know what I mean? So, and then this is like, a, this is a little part-time job. Like me and him spend, if I worked there 20 hours a week, me and him spent 10 of them together. Now they're asking Jordan Poole to go to practice, play games, fly on planes, stay in hotels, eat team dinners, go to community events. Like you got to do mad shit with this nigga. Like imagine, you know how young, you know high school kids are assholes. Imagine you pull up to the local high school for some charity event and you and Draymond are next to each other and some young slick kid says, damn, you hanging out with that nigga? I seen that video of him punching you in the face. How you feel? If I'm Jordan Poole, I can't get back to it. And I've spent 25 minutes on this. So like, that's enough. But like, dog, I don't think I could get back. But maybe I'm bugging. I, I, I can't wait for you guys to listen to this and give me your opinions and tell me, oh, you bugging, Rob. If I'm a millionaire, I can work with whoever. I don't think it works like that. And also to like all the old heads that say, oh, this happens every day. Like once again, I don't think those, I think squabbles and little kerfuffles and tiffs happen. I don't think you have one dude being so overly aggressive to another one because... It, do, it didn't feel like a fight. It felt like one dude needed to get his shit off and another dude was just trying to make his way through, like almost like wade through the situation, like weather the storm. It felt like Jordan Poole was trying to weather the storm. Like, yo, if we can get out of this practice, cooler heads can prevail. But like, also, I can't let this nigga bitch me. So that's that's where I stand on that. So, like, I I don't know. Let's move on to the next thing. This is a much happier note in basketball. Victor Webinyana is, it's unbelievable, bro. I was ready to come on here and think I was going to be, like, the leader of the Webinyana camp. Like, and I know everybody was going to love him, but I was ready to say, yo, he's probably the best prospect I've seen since I had what I call basketball brain. I like to think, so like I saw LeBron, but I was in eighth grade. So there's certain times where I don't think you have enough of a basketball brain to know what you're watching or enough things to compare things to. So I won't say LeBron's the best prospect I ever saw because I was 14. I like I knew what a good basketball player was, but I don't know if I knew what to look for in a great NBA prospect. You, if that makes sense. So, like, Kevin Durant is probably the first one where I was like, well, this dude is a little bit different. And that coincides with Kevin Durant is one of... Actually, I want to say Kevin Durant is the first one-and-done class. Um, in 06, they stopped taking players right out of high school. That's J.R. Smith's class. J.R. Smith is the last group. And then... 07, Durant has to go to Texas for a freshman year. And I just remember, damn, he's super tall and he can dance and he can shoot. I remember NBADraft.net used to have uh, player profiles and their comparisons were always a little wonky, but they what they did call Kevin Durant was 2010 Kevin Garnett. Not the perfect comparison, but a very, very good one. Like for what, like we had never seen anything like it. And Webinyana is like the, the natural evolution of that. Like Webinyana is Kevin Durant with an X gene. Like that dude is a fucking mutant. He's seven, four with an eight foot wingspan, but he doesn't move like other big guys. Like other big guys move super fucking doofy and like, that's where we get the expression, if you're seven foot and you can walk and chew gum, there's home for you in the league because seven footers in general, not now so much, but historically have been doofy and gangly and can't control their body. That's why Shaq was so special, Kareem. And now we're getting to the point where it's far more common for seven footers to be agile and mobile. Um, look at Chet Holmgren. I worry about how his body's going to hold up, but... He's seven foot, agile, mobile, can shoot it, mobile. Mobile is weird. Mobile sounds like the sound part of Alabama. 
And then uh, Porzingis, 7-2. That's where all this unicorn stuff started because we hadn't seen a guy that big move in Porzingis' level of fluidity, game-changing. But then there's Webb and Yana where he's 18, hasn't started lifting weights yet. He can dribble. He can shoot. He's He's got like a little bit of like a cocky swagger to him. Like not overly, but just a little bit. Like they asked him about Scoot Henderson. He said, oh, yeah, he can go. He's nice. Son is a murderer. If I wasn't born, he'd be the number one pick. Nigga, if I wasn't born, like j- just a little bit of cocky swagger. He made this, like, he takes, like, running threes and walk-me-down pull-ups. And then he let loose a dream shake. This kid is just... He's the best prospect I think I've seen since I have, since I've had basketball brain. Since, like, I had a brain that knew what made a good NBA prospect compared to this dude could be a great college player but doesn't have the tools to make it in the league. Or, hey, this guy has a skill set or a skill that is NBA ready right now. Since I have been able to decipher that at what I would say is a fairly good level, I've never seen anybody like him. Like, I remember how good Anthony Davis was. He's five inches taller than Anthony Davis. And he already shoots way better than Davis. Like, the... The thing that was cool about Davis at Kentucky was you could see the potential. Oh, the form looks good on his jump shot, so eventually it'll get there. Um, oh, he has a frame that can add weight. Eventually he'll get there. The shot blocking was already good. The ball handling was good for a big. It was actually above average for a big. I won't quite say elite. I won't say he was an elite ball handler for a big, but he was a very good above average ball handler for a big. I would say just for context, I would say like just from a size perspective, Lamar Odom and Kevin Durant have elite handles for guys 6'10 plus. How about that? I would say Anthony Davis is a notch or two below them as ball handlers. Webinyana is... At 18, I would say he's on par with where... I think he's a little bit more advanced than Davis just because he could add in the step backs and the spins and Davis's ball handling was very... was more straight line. I can beat a big. I can throw the legs. Maybe I throw in a crossover behind the back into a pull. Webinyana is pump fake, hard dribble, through the leg, step back three, runners... Um, catching three-pointers and shooting them off motion, like off pin-downs or curls. He's just so advanced. The The amount of ground he covers, because he's not, he's not super, he's not plotting at all, actually. Like, he's not park him in the middle and just don't let people challenge. Um, Scoot Henderson got the best of him on one play when they danced on an island. Scoot hit a step back three. But there was also times where he was guarding out in space and he just blocked Henderson jump shots. Like, this is a 6'3 guard. And, like, you know what guards do when they see the big on the switch. They get Their eyes get all big and they do the – they wave everybody off. Sometimes they even do the couples through the leg steps backwards so they could get a running start to jam up the big. Like, they're, they're going to dance you. And when Webb and Yana had to guard out in space – if you settled for a jump shot, you were almost dead nine times out of ten. Now, could you beat him off the bounce? Like, when he came out too far, you could beat him off the bounce and use the rim to protect you? And I thought that uh, Henderson did that very well. I thought, I think, as a prospect, like, when I look at Rose, Wall, Henderson, I think Rose was by far the best prospect. I think Wall was a better passer than the other two by an, a nice size margin. Like that was John Wall's best skill outside of raw speed. And Henderson isn't, he's quick, but not overpoweringly quick and not overpoweringly explosive. Honestly, I don't know that he's a better prospect than Markel Fultz. <coughs> 
<clears throat> I wonder, is that a hot take? But I've been sitting on that thought for the past 24 hours, and I just don't know that, like, not what Markel Fultz is now, but Markel Fultz before whatever happened with the jump shot, I don't think that Henderson is a better prospect than Fultz was. I'm going to tweet that out because Lord knows if somebody, if everybody's going to get to the 36 minute mark where I say this, I hope you guys all listen that far, but I wonder, is it controversial, but I don't know that he's 110% a better prospect than Markel Fultz was pre-injury. I just don't. So that's them too. And don't get me wrong. I do think Henderson is very good, but I, when the draft tiers come out, how they do every year, I think there's going to be some people that are going to say, hey, Webinyana and Henderson are their own tier. And then there's the next tier. I don't think that's a thing. I think Webinyana is his own tier. And then Henderson is in that next tier. And there might be like, as we get further into the season, especially when college basketball starts, we might see some people pop up into uh, Scoot Henderson's tier. But right now, I think there's a wide, wide, wide chasm between one and two. Let's see what else we got. Um, I guess we can talk some... Let's talk some other, let's talk some non-basketball stuff. Fuck fantasy football. Good God, Russell Wilson sucks. The only reason it's okay that Russell Wilson has been so bad is because the let Russ cook memes have made it worth it. But he's bad. Like, there's some kid somewhere talking about Russell Wilson and he's saying, and my favorite player either lost it or he's or he ain't alive. Like he's just he's just been so average, mediocre, Reggie, regular. And in turn, that is affecting me in fantasy football because I drafted him in one league because I'm an idiot. Like, how was I supposed to know he was just gonna leave all his superpowers in Denver? So there, that's my Russell Wilson tirade. In other NFL news, Tua in the NFL, Tua Tagovailoa, I think I butchered his name, are, he took a hit on Sunday versus the Bills, went to the little concussion tent, came back, finished the game. Everybody with eyes was like, damn, that looked a lot like a concussion. I'm surprised he's back. And then the Dolphins were on a short week, so they played Sunday. He got his muffin crack Sunday, and then they played again Thursday. I forgot who they played on Thursday. He takes a hit, and he goes down, and his, his hands are stuck. He lost mobility in his hands for a moment. And there was some doctor that literally tweeted out before the game, Hey, if Tua takes a bad hit today, there's going to be people in the NFL that are in big trouble because there's no way he should be playing after what happened to him on Sunday. He didn't even take a bad hit. Like, the hit that hurt him I didn't think was overly aggressive. Like, he got sacked and he got tossed to the ground. And secretly, when I was watching it in real time, I remember thinking, why is he going to take a sack here? Like, I felt like there was a lot of room to the left for him to run to avoid the sack or at least have enough time to escape the pressure and throw the ball away. And it seemed like he just like conceded to take the hit and it cost him. But the real issue here is that he was checked out by an independent NFL doctor, like not a Miami Dolphins team doctor. What happens is what happens next is after he takes that hit, oh, they played the Bengals. He's stuck in Cincinnati. So he takes the hit. He has to go to the Ohio hospital. And then what happens is you get all this backlash in the NFL says, hey, we're going to fire that independent doctor. But what smells fishy to me is we get names for everything. The doctor's name never comes out. So what it feels like to me is 
hey, this is blowing up in our face. We need you to fall on the sword. Here is X amount of money and a non-disclosure agreement. We'd like you to sign this, take this check, and never speak on this again. And that's really what I feel like happened. Like they said there were inconsistencies within his report. Everything always seems to come out. So for this to not make it out, like we didn't get, we didn't see the report. We don't know the doctor's name. Like we don't know anything other than there was an uh, investigation by the Players Association. And the big thing here is, I believe it was Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp said, Hey, maybe one of his teammates is supposed to say, bro, don't go back in. You would love for that to happen. But let's be real. This is football. He's the quarterback. He's put in a really poor position by that doctor. Because you're the quarterback. You're the leader. If he says, I'm not going back in, he loses that locker room. The Dolphins are 3-0 at the time. Everything is... Or they're two and zero at the time he takes the initial hit, the first hit versus the Buffalo versus the Buffalo Bills. They're two and zero. Things are rolling. Um, he had just let a giant come back the week before against the Ravens. He'll lose the locker room if if it comes out like if he if the doctor says, "Hey, Tua is good to go," because everybody plays through injuries and and everybody sacrifices in sports, but football in particular. You sacrifice your body for your teammates, for the good of the team, for the good of the group. If that doctor says, hey, two is good to go, and then he goes into that huddle or that locker room or he's on the sideline and he says to the coach, yo, I know that they cleared me medically, but I'm not feeling it. I don't feel safe. He loses that locker room. There's no coming back from that If it, it to me. Maybe I don't know football well enough, but in my mind, if – your leader and everybody is sacrificing. Like this is a team full of dudes. It, it's football. Everybody sacrifices for everybody for the greater good. I don't think anybody, like I think everybody like to be a wide receiver, a running back or the quarterback. I don't know that people want to work in the trenches, but you do it and you sacrifice to be an offensive lineman to protect your quarterback. So when he said, if he comes into the huddle and goes, Yo, the doctor says I'm good, but I'm not really feeling it. I don't think I'm good. It's over. It, it, it might end his NFL career. Like, the, the job becomes Bridgewater's, I assume. And maybe it, maybe it doesn't happen exactly as quick as I'm saying it, but I think you lose the locker room. Like, those guys don't want to fight nearly as hard for you because in their mind, you're not fighting hard enough for them. Like, yo, I'm playing through a sprained ankle. My back hurts. My my shin hurts. I had to get injected just to play today. And they're saying you're good to go and you're supposed to be our leader. And you're saying I don't want to go. That's a really shitty position to put a kid who's not even 25 in. So those are, that's my thought there on like why even if he wanted to, and he probably did want to play, that maybe the coaches need to step up and be like, Look, that hit we saw you take didn't look like a fucking back injury. And maybe just a little human compassion might have gotten them a little bit further. Ime Udoka. Whoo, did you piss off the white people in Boston, my friend? That That is the one city you probably don't want to piss off the whites. And I know you pissed them off because... If you hadn't pissed them off, you might have been suspended. But you know what we would have got? We would have got Ime Udoka has been suspended indefinitely um, for a non-disclosed matter. Um, they're calling it conduct detrimental to the team or organization. That's what happens when you do something that pissed them off, but it, you haven't pissed them off enough that they want to air you out and get rid of you. There was never, when it, when it came to Ime Udoka, there was never a, hey, we don't know what happened. Like when the story broke, it was, yo, he fucked somebody. We don't know who, but it was, he had uh, an affair outside of marriage. Like all the dirty laundry was aired immediately. Like sometimes like these stories, like, so like this, how about this? 
the Ime Udoka story didn't break like the Draymond Green story. So, to, like I said earlier, Tuesday or whatever we get, or Thursday we get Draymond um, and Jordan Poole had a kerfuffle at practice. And then Friday of the next week, we get, or Friday of this week, it broke over the course of three to four days, like with us getting the, we heard about the fight and then us getting the video of the fight. We got, we didn't get all the details, but like we didn't get, hey, something's going on with Udoka and the Celtics. We got, yo, Udoka slept with somebody and punishment is coming. Like we automatically knew exactly what he did or we knew what he did within the same 24 hour news cycle. Like it broke fast and like details were emerging very quickly. And when you don't want those details to emerge as quickly, they don't, they just don't like they, they, they might get out because that that's the thing. Like they're going to get out, but like the, the speed that they got out with was look, we're not trying to protect you or shield you from this. We want you to take the full brunt of the media hit about this. It was very much, we don't have your back. We hope you quit or like, cause like they're doing things to try and push him out now. Yo, you're suspended the whole season. I hope you quit. When you come back, we're cutting your salary. I hope you quit. Like they, they don't want him anymore. This might be irreconcilable. Like, I don't think it's irreconcilable to the players, but I do think if I'm Udoka, I don't know if me and the organization can get back right. And some of that is just, and some of that might be because like the rumors are he slept with, one of the rumors is that he was sleeping with the lady who arranges the team's travel and itinerary. Another one is that he was sleeping with the vice president of the team's wife as well. Like, so we've gotten to the point where they're not even calling it a one or the other. It was, he definitely slept with itinerary lady, but he may have also slept with team vice president's wife. And those might be irreconcilable differences to the team. Like, I don't want that person around the organization if I'm the vice president's uh, husband, but I don't, it's, it's petty, but like, I I don't want to work with somebody that fucked my bitch. I don't, especially like, I don't want to work with somebody that slept with my girl prior to her being my girl. The idea of. I had one of my subordinates because Doka would be the vice president subordinate at some level slept with my wife. And now I still sign his checks and he walks around here. Like everything's fucking honky dory. Yeah. I, once again, these are just my thoughts and my perspectives. And I don't know that everybody's going to agree with them, but like, I, this is my pod. I'm going to just tell you how I feel. If I was Jordan Poole, me and Draymond can't get right. If I was the vice president, I don't want Ime Udoka around. Like, you slept with my wife. And I don't know if that's true. I'm just, I, I guess I'm reporting on the rumors, not the facts. But I'm telling you what, I'm telling you what's out there. I hope we get more information soon. But like, what does this do for the Boston Celtics? Uh Matt, Matt Esposito, if you're listening, former head honcho at the playground, playgrounder, might be pod time, buddy. I know you're a Celtics fan. It might be time for me and you to hop on the old microphone-ski, broski. So that's the Ime Udoka situation. Uh, I don't even know these next two sub. I guess we can go to Aaron Judge because the next two subjects probably gonna put me right back into pissed off rob mode let's go with aaron judge did not win the triple crown he did break roger maris's american league home run record 
And like that's what he broke. He broke the Yankee and the American League home run record. Until they erase Barry Bonds's career or refuse to acknowledge what he did. He is the all-time home run. He's the home run leader. He's the single home run, the single season home run leader. Oh, he took steroids, put an asterisk next to it. Then then erase them from the history books. Like if you don't want them there, erase them. Because until they're erased, they happen. Like the NCAA does a lot of corny shit. But when the NCAA doesn't like what your team did, they vacate it. They erase it. They, yo, did the Fab Five go to Final Fours? What the fuck is the Fab Five? They, they vacated. They, they don't exist in the NCAA record books. They, they're in our hearts and in our heads, but in the NCAA record books, Michigan, the Michigan Wolverines just didn't do anything for those two years that Chris Webber, Jalen Rose, Jawan Howard, Jimmy Jackson, and Ray King were on campus. And Rob Palenka was on that team. Shout out to him. Like, they just didn't exist. Duke just didn't play anybody in the national championship. That Chris Webber timeout never happened because Chris Webber never played in the NCAA. And if that's and if people want me to treat Barry Bonds like that, then MLB needs to erase him from the record books. Nah, nobody played left field for uh, the San Francisco Giants all them years. They just they went out there with eight players. Nobody was in left. Then that's that. But until that happens. Aaron Judge set the American League and Yankee home run record. He did not set the Major League Baseball home run record. He missed that by 11. Probably not going to make a lot of New York Yankee fans with that take, but like, like it is what it is. And baseball has a long history of goofball activity. Like Pete Rose isn't in the Hall of Fame. Like, what are we talking about? Baseball, come fight me. All right, let's, uh, where do we go from here? Like, do we go to Brett Favre stealing millions from the most impoverished state in our country? Or we do we go to Kanye West wearing a fucking White Lives Matter shirt? Both nasty. Let's start with Kanye, I guess. Just fuck him. Uh, Actually, I I thought I was going to have like a well-articulated take. Fuck him. He's too black and too influential to not realize how dangerous that type of fucking propaganda is. White lives matter. Like, this is already a nigga who rocked a MAGA hat. And, like, we brought, we let him back in the culture. I, I'm out. He can't come back for me. Um, we'll always have the college dropout, late registration, my dark twisted fantasy, 808s and heartbreaks. Like, we'll have those memories. But... I'm out. Like he did. He said George Bush doesn't care about black people. Nigga, you don't care about black people if this is the propaganda you're spent. White lives matter. Have we ever seen Kanye in a Black Lives Matter shirt? I don't think I have, but I saw this nigga at Fashion Week. At Fashion Week, he got on a runway talking about White Lives Matter. Oh man, so, somebody go get this nigga a Coon Award out the pantry. Like, like, like this is all time Coon level shit. Like, like he might as well just dress up as Cartman from South Park and be Coon in Friends for Halloween. Him, Stacy Dash, Jason Whitlock. Who else am I missing? Who who makes Kanye's Coon in Friends group? Whitlock, Dash, Kanye, that, that, that's the Coon and Friends All-Stars to start. Like, fuck all three of them. And then, uh, oh, oh, and throw Candace Owens in there with him too. She's she's a 10-time All-Coon All-Star. Uh, an All-American Cooner, if you will. And then, Brett Favre just... Stealing money, bro. Like, just, hey, I'm from a really poor state, and I'm a millionaire, but 
but I'm going to defraud the welfare system in this poor ass state because I would like my alma mater and my daughter's current college to get a new volleyball, volleyball facility. And the text messages I have read like a scumbag. Yo, nobody's going to find out that we were doing this shit. This nigga's anti-Robin Hood. Yo, I steal from the poor to give to the rich. Man. Like, as more details emerge, I'll talk and I'll I'll get deeper into this, but I do want to get to the mailbag and we're almost at an hour. So I guess we can just jump right to the mailbag. Uh, first question comes from the homie George Chars. Thoughts on Black Panther Black Panther 2. Is that a day one must-see or a wait-and-see? I hope this answer isn't a cop-out. I'm probably in the middle, but I'm closer to a day one. I am in the middle because like, I like to go see him with the boys and we'll do it all in a weekend, but we will go opening weekend. Um, but like if they weren't in school or it drops on a non-school night, we probably we might go opening night. So that's where I am on that. Um, why am I in last place in our fantasy football league? That comes from our good friend, J-Bubs. J-Bubs, I'm in last place in our fantasy football league. One, because for whatever reason, I can't figure out our Yahoo league. Like it's not overly different from ESPN. I just can't get the feel for it. I don't even think my roster's abysmal. Like, I, I I should be better. Oh, okay. Part of my problem was listen to my stupid girlfriend. Yo, I'm telling you, Trey Lance is gonna be awesome. Well, I had Trey Lance as my quarterback. The week he was there, he wasn't that awesome. He was he played in the rain, and him and Justin Fields had a a boring off like. It wasn't great, but then he got hurt. So the dude I thought was going to be my starting quarterback who could potentially run and throw to get me fantasy points is out for the season. So that's part of it. I guess that's the main reason. Also, y'all niggas know I fucking hate fantasy football. I love that shit and hate it at the same damn time. What are my thoughts on the Miami Dolphins so far besides the shit going on with Tua? Do I think Miami is a real threat to the Bills? This comes from my college teammate, Mike Roach. Roachy Roach, what up, broski? Oh, and congratulations on uh, winning the section last year as an assistant coach on the roundout varsity and the head JV coach. Like, shout out to you. Proud of you for that, bro. But really, depending on Tua's health, I do think they are a real threat to the Bills. I, They were able to beat the Bills in a disgusting game where the Bills ran, I kid you not, 50 more offensive plays. The Bills threw the ball more times than the Dolphins ran offensive plays. So for the Dolphins to come out of there with that win does say that they're probably a threat or that it was a very wonky game. And both things can be true. Um, but if Tua can come back healthy and Teddy Bridgewater can just keep the ship afloat for he's not playing this week. This is week five. I don't know when the Dolphins buy is, but if they could keep Tua out until week nine or until after their buy to make sure that he's not going to die on the fucking field, that'd be really cool. But it's up to Bridgewater to keep them afloat. Uh, this is from my boy, Tracy Thomas. Will John Wall bounce back and be the guard he thought he could be after bat battling uh, suicidal, uh, suicidal thoughts or depression? He hasn't really played basketball in two years. So I think it's going to be more of his body than where he is mentally, particularly because I think some of the mental anguish and what was leading to the thoughts of suicide and depression was not playing basketball, having that taken away from you when that's such a large part of your identity on top of the passing of his mother was a lot. Like, so now my mom, who is my best friend, according to him, was his best friend, is gone. And the place that I've used for sanctuary my whole life is also gone. 
sounds like a very difficult pill to swallow. I am hoping that he gets back to form and is a contributor and a significant part of a Clippers team that I think will be contenders this year if health if health allows. Um, next couple come from the homie Riley. Good health from the Lakers. Do they have a shot at the title with this team or does Russ need to go? I don't think it's Russ. I just think this roster isn't made up to win. Like, I just, I don't believe in it, if we're being honest. Like, there's just things that don't work for me with them. I am excited to see if Anthony Davis can hold up and LeBron moving into one and five and top 10 in like all major statistical categories is going to be really, really sweet. Um, the next question from Riley is, who do I think is the rookie of the year? I think it's going to be Pablo Bancaro. He was the number one pick and he's, he's just that deal. I, I, I think it's Bancaro and I don't, Chet's not going to play all year because he's hurt. Um, I got burned with a thought process like this once. Like with Jabari Smith, I think that the Rockets just have too many guys who are young and want to establish themselves. But at the same time, I thought that about Carl Anthony Towns when he won Rookie of the Year with the Timberwolves. I thought, all right, well, they have Wiggins. They have, I forgot who the other, they had another guy that was trying to establish himself and was young. Uh, Zach Levine. I just thought there was too much young guys for Carl to come in and be able to put up the numbers you need for rookie of the year. And that's how I feel with Jabari Smith. But Towns did win rookie of the year. So maybe I'm not giving credit to how many shot opportunities and how much opportunities there are with how fast the game is played. But my pick is Pablo Bancaro for Rookie of the Year. Um, he asked what exciting storylines that I'm looking forward to. I think we covered a lot of them. And I do think I want to do like a big NBA, more basketball season preview. And then the last one from Riley is, is there a chance LeBron not only plays with one of his kids, but both of them? Um. So the First part I've talked about before that I don't think Bronny is a one and done right now, but I also think that LeBron and his camp are like, yeah, he's two years away from, um, he's a senior this year, right? So he's two years away from being ready, being eligible for the league. And they probably believe, yo, in two years we can get him right. It's LeBron and his team. And then there's Bryce, who's already a better prospect just based on his size. Like he's already, he, his body type is similar to LeBron's than Bronny's. Um, he's taller, he's thicker, pause. I want to say he's a sophomore. He's a sophomore, hoping that the rules change and he could leave right out of high school. That wouldn't put him too far off from there being a chance. I, I think there's a chance, especially if Bryce continues to develop as a prospect. But as of right now, I think the focus needs to be on Bronny because he's, he's not a one and done right now. So, but maybe that, that works out in the favor of, Bron playing with both of his sons. Like if Bryce turns into a one and done prospect and Bronny needs two years of college, if I did my math right, that would put them in the same draft at the same time. So there's a chance. And the last question comes from um, my dear sweet Allie. Who's my favorite 49er? She's a big 49ers fan. Oh, we've been watching them. They're not all that fun to watch, but it's Debo. Like I Debo Samuels is how I would like to use a player in Madden. Like, oh, I'm gonna line him up in the slot in this package. Oh, but in this package, he's in the backfield. 
oh, now he's um, out wide. Like, just, just like, using a player, like, in a fun, versatile way. And, like, that's what the Niners do with him and their other backs, or their other uh, receivers. They do it with Brandon Ayuk. Like, they run, uh, they run a lot of screen plays and... Uh, what are they wide receiver reverses? Like they just do, they use him in a fun, unique way. And I, I enjoy watching Debo Samuel with the ball. He's a playmaker. So I believe that was everything. We're just under an hour and 10 minutes. So this is a little long for us, but or a little long for us when we go solo, when I go solo, I try and keep it to a half hour, but I hadn't talked to you guys in a while. And there was stuff I just wanted to get off my chest. And also, I spent 25 minutes on Draymond Green and telling you guys how I got my shit rocked. But this has been the Show's Law Podcast. And like that, we out.